Welcome to the Evolving Enterprises podcast. We have stories of growth and transformation. Today, I'm delighted to introduce Georgina Wilson, CEO of Bud Leaders. Welcome, Georgina. Hi, Martin. Hi, thank you so much for, for joining me. So I'm really intrigued to have a chat with you about the growth of, of your organisation and also about systems thinking as well. So I'm sure we'll we'll delve into, into both of those. So for, first of all, can, can you tell me a bit more about Bud and what your goals were in setting up the business? Absolutely. So... Bud began in 2014 and it was very interesting because I was running a community cafe at the time and had this great idea. I mean, at the beginning, I had no idea what I was doing because I'd come from a sort of background of just sort of standard business and had this opportunity to run this space. And because of the opportunity that I had, I wanted to make sure that it was open for all to sort of utilize and run their projects and, you know, test out their ideas and their businesses within the space. And I got a lot of response and people that wanted to be involved, but they were often people that looked like me and they didn't have the confidence and the tools to be able to execute their ideas. And I just thought this is an absolute shame. And I started Bud because I just kept on having conversation after conversation after conversation, working with these individuals, thinking about how they could build that confidence, how they could access more networks, um, and how could they, they could have the tools that they really needed to be successful. So Bud really came from trying to support people that looked like me to be successful in entrepreneurialism and in making impact in their organisations. Wow, it's interesting, isn't it, that you your your journey really began in exploring sort of the you know the, the, the marketplace, the, the the sort of the place where your potential sort of future clients would be, and really getting to understand them. And as you say, that looking at the kind of things that they lacked, the confidence, the tools, the ability to move forward. So fascinating to to sort of see how you how you kind of shaped your your thinking about Bud and and what do you what are you most proud of as CEO? Oh, that's such a, an interesting question, Martin, because there's so many things that I'm really really proud of, but I would have to say, and this might sound you know, a little bit, I guess, controversial, but I'm really, really proud of my team. Um, I'm not an easy CEO to work with. And what I mean by that is that I really see the potential in people and I continuously try to pull out that greatness that's in them. And that's kind of the ethos, ethos of our organisation as a whole. But my team are incredible. And, you know, we just had a team day on Monday and I mean just the energy in the room and the things that people have been able to achieve now without my support in terms of me not being there and then being able to run with the vision and, and, and execute those things is is fantastic so I'm really proud of the team that um, has been created from the vision of of Bud and and really what I wanted us to do is to embody our values internally as well as externally. Absolutely, and it's it's there's such a, a wonderful buzz and a wonderful kind of um, vibe about you know your your organisation and the way you work. I really like that phrase, pulling out greatness. I think that's that's such a an, an empowering kind of thing to do, isn't it? What, what did you say controversial about them? Because it's I think it's a great thing to be proud of your team. Thank you. I think 
far too often in organisations, we're always talking about what we've done externally and we're really focused on, right, we've had this amount of impact externally and we've done this and we helped, you know, this person, you know, go from this journey from A to B and to C. And, and we, we've got lots of those stories where we, you know, massively impact, impacted organisations greatly. And, you know, we have organisations that that begin working with us and they never want to leave that's one thing we, we call it you've been buddified because they begin working with us and actually what happens is that they're like oh my goodness this is a different energy I'm really achieving the things that I want to achieve I want more of this I want to be around you know these sort of bud people but also I can really see myself progressing in my organization and so therefore we want to grow we want to keep learning and we want bud to be part of that journey with us and help us to achieve some of the goals that we've set within our organizations and so we've got lots of those stories, but actually I'm just really proud of my team because we wouldn't be able to have those successful stories without such a great team. And I think not a lot of people would say that that's what they're most proud of. No, but it's absolutely true, isn't it? That you're, as you say, you couldn't achieve that success. It wouldn't be possible to have had all that external influence without you know, a really amazing team. So that's absolutely right. There's, there's such a lot to be proud of there, I think, in that, that, that group. So tell me about systems thinking, because you've really embraced systems thinking as a company, haven't you? We, we definitely have. And it's it's been such an extraordinary sort of journey. And I think, interestingly, Martin, I've always sort of thought in systems, but haven't necessarily realised that I have. But within BUD, we've done our sort of theory of change and we have really thought about the impact that we want to have in society, because I just think, you know, there's no point of aiming for the 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 the, the low <laughs> you know the, the low hanging fruits but let's just go for the big let's go let's go big or go home as they say right so our theory of change is all based around creating equity for global majority leaders in organizations and by that I mean kind of black and brown leaders and creating equity for them to be able to you know have fairness and justice within society and that feels really big but one of the key things that we were looking at is, okay, well, how do we look at the system that involves these things? Like what part of the system is it that we're going to focus on that's going to enable these entrepreneurs and kind of impact-led organisations that haven't had access to all of the things that really they should have been able to, to start having access to like networks, tools, etc., and thinking of it as a system as a whole? Because you can really only bring change if you understand the system and if you can start to disrupt or change the system as it stands so that change can really be created and manifested. Yeah, very much. I totally agree with you. The, the key is very much to, to understand and to disrupt. And I think what, what you're describing is very much the, the sort of principles of leverage, one of the really key things about systems thinking, isn't it? The, the way that you... You can you can do all sorts of things. You can do things at the the kind of surface, which will have a certain amount of effect. But if you can kind of get down into the depths of the system, if you could get to mindsets, paradigms, um, all those sorts of things, then you can be much more powerful. You can have a huge impact on systems overall, can't you? Absolutely, yeah. And and I think it's sort of looking at the the structures that are already in place and like what what are some of the challenges that are faced by kind of black led businesses at the moment you know is it specifically around confidence and actually what are what are the gaps what have what have other systems enabled people that are you know from different races to be able to have access to but actually what are some of those disparities and the effects and the challenges 
that are faced with Black-led and global majority leaders that stop them from having access to those systems that, I guess, you know, we're talking about equity here. So we're talking about generational wealth and entrepreneurialism on a different scale. And so that led us to think a lot more deeply around, okay, so if we're talking about growth and we're talking about access and we're talking about confidence and and networks how do we start to connect two different types of systems um together so that there's a bit of a kind of fusion and really bridge that gap and so that's where we came up with the idea of really connecting larger organizations and trusts with some of those smaller smes and impact-led businesses so that they could start to merge some of those kind of you know, the kind of collateral and the experience that has often just been held with your typical sort of, you know, middle-aged white gentleman, as opposed to a black female such as myself that wouldn't necessarily be born into all of those kind of networks and, and understanding and experiences and and groups and and confidence that, that that maybe those different people have. How can we merge the two so they can learn from each other, but also that we create something which is really special that kind of disrupts the system and the, the systemic things which have been in place for so long and, and brings about that change that, I guess, causes us to see things from a different perspective. We start to remove the negative kind of feedback loops and start to think about the positive feedback loops and, and how we can really focus on that and start to build more around those things. And ultimately, I guess what we're talking about in changing systems is, is changing culture and, and the way that we do things. But first, we need to understand what the barriers are, what the system is in the first place that we're that we're trying to disrupt or change, and then start to form new norms and new ways of doing things and new structures and systems. Absolutely. There's there's a huge amount in there, isn't there? I really like your approach to taking some of those large organizations and pairing them up with, with SMEs so that uh, all of that kind of learning can take place. You naturally learn in a large organization if you're working with other people, you'll learn very well as an SME. It's harder, isn't it? Small and medium-sized enterprises are very dynamic, very you know, quick at doing things, but there isn't obviously the opportunity to learn as there is in a, in a bigger organisation. So what a great idea to bring them together. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is very special. It, it definitely is. And I think one of the key things as well in terms of disrupting the system that, that we do is, is making it not all about the you know, the, the the experts in the room. And so therefore, you know, we've kind of minimised our power or our knowledge or our experiences. Actually, what we see as being really beneficial in this kind of connecting and, and matching is that we all need to learn from each other and we all need to understand things from different perspectives. So there's, you know, so much around kind of ESG targets with large organisations, you know, economic, social impact and, and governance. And they've got all of these targets around diverse suppliers and all of these things, EDI, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, how do they do that? There's a, lo a lot of the time they're not necessarily connected with the grassroots organisations and leaders and they need to learn from them. So what we're basically saying is that everybody in the room has value and we want to change that kind of status quo that there's one person that that holds all of the the value because they've got different experiences but actually we're all here to contribute 
equally into a space, but we will acknowledge some of that disparity and ask for more from larger organisations because of the access and the privilege that's already been handed down. But we're not going to sort of take away from the fact that these smaller, innovative, as you've mentioned, organisations have got so much value to add into these spaces as well. Very, really brilliant plan to come, as you say, pair them, pair them together. And so it's um, you know, amazing that you're able to make that work. It's it's a great thing to sort of to, to talk about, but actually making it work can be quite hard, can't it? There's, there's all the sort of you know, the difficulties of bringing people together and finding commonality and you know, sort of the, the intellectual property and all the other things. So it's it's not a straightforward pathway to walk, is it? It, it really isn't. And that's one of the things that I think we do really well in Bud, is, is bringing different people together and we almost say kind of like leave your, you know, your, your your title at the door, because as we enter spaces, we come as humans and we want to understand, you know, everybody's story in the room. We, we never sort of start from a place of, right, this is what we need to change. How are we going to do it? Because I don't think that that works. I think there's that bit before, which is more the kind of demystifying. So when you look at kind of appreciative inquiry and you, and, and you start to think about defining the problem, that's all great. But actually, let's just move a step forward and let's just see who's in the room. Let's understand each other and let's start to connect because once we can understand each other's stories and maybe some of the, the hopes and the fears that we have, we can start to form relationships and actually go through a, a process which is actually going to be very uncomfortable at time. But, but let's first see who we are and then move forward and so that's the bit that we love to do and we, and we do things which are very outside the box and get people on their feet and make it really sort of interactive and experiential because actually that's the best way that we learn our thing is kind of learning with laughter and so rather than us just yeah making it very formal and, and very serious we just recognize that why can't we just have a bit of fun through this process and and let's see how we can make sure that people can connect in the best way. That's a really wonderful phrase, learning with laughter. I remember being told off in the civil service for, you know, being being excessively happy. And I, I, I kind of said, mm, that's that's quite an interesting thing. You, you want me to you want to walk around with a glum face? No, I, there's, there's, there's lots to smile about. Learning with laughter is absolutely you know, fantastic. And what, what a great way to do things. It's a really positive and empowering way, way to move forward. You mentioned appreciative inquiry, which is one of the systems thinking methods. What advice would you give to someone who is starting to apply systems methods in their business? That's a great question. I think one of the key things is is probably just around trusting the process <laughs> because when you're starting to explore systems thinking in business you have to allow the unknown to be explored and you have to be ready for that and you you need to allow yourself to be challenged in many areas and welcome the unknown so that you can start to think through what the possibilities are and then arrive at the end and the end is not necessarily the end as we know in systems thinking but it's you've, you've arrived at a new pathway that's going to lead to something which is new which you may then need to test again but you have to let go of control basically and that's one of the things that we talk about in our inclusive leadership rock training which is really about releasing control the r stands for releasing control because if you can't release control then you can't grow there's a, a really great quote by Craig Rochelle that says you can have control or you can have growth but you cannot have both right so in order to do something new you've got to just sort of trust the process trust your team and or whoever's involved in the process and I guess start to go deeper in allowing yourself to explore what else 
what is it that's missing? You know, how could this look different? And and don't come up with too many challenges immediately, just allow it to flow um, and be really open to new possibilities. Yeah, excellent advice there. And that very much mirrors what Jim Scholes, one of my guests a few weeks ago said, where he talked about the, the process of consultancy and Essentially, you kind of follow a, a way through, you you work with your team, and in the end, what's produced is something that neither the client nor the consultant would have come up with. It's it's a wonderful mix of you know of, of ways ways forward, but you know, no, no one person could have come up with that way forward. So that really does resonate with what you said about trusting the process. That ultimately, it will get you there. And as you said, it can be quite scary at times. But actually, by releasing a bit of control, then you're able to go on a journey where you explore you know, some of the really critical things and then ultimately grow. It's it's fascinating, isn't it? Really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that really adds value to this process is when you dig deeper, when you, you sort of go into the why, you know, the well, why are we doing that? And, and, and why have we always done that? you know, and, and why do we believe that this works? And I guess challenging your own sort of assumptions and some of the cultures that are set in stone as kind of status quo that, you know, we're going to start to break this down. We're going to dismantle this a little bit and everybody needs to be comfortable, feeling uncomfortable, but we're going to get to the kind of right down to the root of the cause of the change that we want to see. So the, the, the root cause of why we're in this situation now, but also what's the root issue that we're trying to change and, and what does it, what might that look like moving forward as we start to, to think through the different kind of models that we might want to put in place to change the, the system as it stands. Yes, that's so important, isn't it? The getting to the root issue, getting to, to why. That's one of the things that you... You kind of know you've you've hit that ultimate why when people say, well, just because it does, you kind of if you if you there's the theory of sort of constantly asking, well, why why this and why that and why that, a bit like a you know a young child does. And ultimately, when you get to that point of well, just because it's there, that's about as far as you can go with asking why. And you know you're then sort of on relatively yeah, kind of firm ground. But the the root issue is so important. A lot of people solve problems that are on the surface. And all that leads to is having to solve you know, a similar problem tomorrow or the next week or whenever. But actually getting down to the root is, is key. And then you mentioned that feeling of you know, discomfort. There's a huge feeling of discomfort because you have to change something that's probably quite critical to everybody concerned. And that's that's naturally going to feel uncomfortable, isn't it? But going back to what you said about trusting the process, that's that's really key. We live in a time of, of sort of quick fixes. People want to reach for something fast. And certainly I've found there's huge pressure on you in, in, in certain organisations particularly to, to come up with something you know, very quickly. And it's actually a pressure I try to resist as much as I can because it's very difficult to get to a, a deeper meaning and a deeper understanding if people want sort of the answers tomorrow. But how do you resist that? What's your, how, how does systems thinking fit into that kind of culture of knee-jerk reactions and quick fixes? We do live in a very fast-paced society and everybody wants everything yesterday. But with systems thinking, it is really a deep, deep dive and it will take time. I think anybody that wants to do systems thinking overnight is, is going to get a shock <laughs> to the system so to say, because it, it just doesn't happen. And one of the key things I think is that when you're looking at kind of systems thinking, you're, you're, you're analyzing so many different things and you're starting to think about, 
you know, the system as a whole and, and all of the kind of elements of a system. So a system is made of, you know, some of its parts and actually what do each of those parts look like? What does it mean? It's like trying to trying to dissect the human body, not to be graphical, but you've got to recognise we we stand as a, as a human with, with so many different facets and, and elements to us. But if we just sort of said, right, we're going to change the human body in one day, <laughs> it would be you know, it would be absolutely impossible. And we do need to start to think about all of the various elements. However, if we take the time to really break things down, as we said, you know, if we can get to the the roots of of what is happening and and what needs to change, and and start to test out some of those changes and start to understand what some of those complexities are around the system and what needs to be amended and adapted in order for it to work successfully then you've got something which I feel is more of a legacy plan as opposed to a quick fix because I find that when you do kind of band-aids you know quick fixes you've got to keep going back as you mentioned you've got to keep going back and back and 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 really what you're doing is setting yourself up for failure because you haven't really addressed the real issue and if you can address the issue kind of once and for all then there's much yeah, there's a much longer sort of process of of success that you can you could potentially look forward to. You want to be as efficient as possible, right? We always want efficiency within within our organisations and in using systems thinking. But what we're looking for here is what I would call something which is transformational. And transformation doesn't happen overnight. When we look at our kind of ecosystem, when we look at the world that we live in, and and the natural things that exist it never happens overnight so you know let's give ourselves time for this to happen and let's just recognize that that it will take a while but that at the end of it there there is greatness to be had yes there is you're absolutely right there's such a lot in that that the transformational elements are really really important and you'll only get those by doing that sort of deeper dive and by by going under the surface um, and so there's there's a very you know very clear story, and I'm, I'm sure it's one that you you sort of talk to your your clients about quite a lot around aiming for something which is self-sustaining, aiming for something which just continues with a life of its own, rather than constantly going back and constantly fixing things and not really having that sort of value added. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know one of the things that we say within Bard is like the aim for us is that we we come in and we we work with you, but we get you to a point where actually you are self-sustained and you have the tools and the things that you need to be able to sustain your organisation. And that really only comes through changing systems and changing cultures and actually getting people, I think, to think in a different way, to think in in a, in a systems thinking way is, is really crucial to that because if we can start to understand things as a whole based on the kind of the sum of its parts and what that leads to holistically... And also how we kind of measure, I guess, the effectiveness of the system, you know, in general, then actually we don't necessarily need somebody externally to sort of come in or we don't need to face some of the same challenges that we've continually faced. And we can start to prevent them before they happen because we've got much more kind of awareness of of, of how systems work. Yes, indeed. And you mentioned a very important word there, effectiveness. So the more that we can make our systems as effective as possible the better. And sort of word effectiveness has to, of course, be set in a context. It depends what you mean by effective. Some, you know, some things the, the fax machine was very effective in its time, but if you brought one back now, well, it's not going to be very effective. So it's all, it's all set in that, that sort of particular context. It's really interesting to sort of, as you say, to, to look at how you set that organisation into a context. And then ultimately that journey that you described, taking it from a current position 
to a point where they can be self-sufficient and, and they can respond to all the environmental pressures and all of the, the issues that they're, they're responding to, but in a more systematic way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's really thinking about the, the processes that need to take place in order to achieve, you know, success and, and, and how they can evaluate that as a continuation really because i think that's one of the key things systems thinking isn't just a one-off it's a it's a continual journey and because things move at such a fast pace the evaluation side of things is is massively important to ensure that you know you are still using the right tools that this this process this system is is still fit for purpose today and actually again really being clear on those goals you know what is it that, that that's essential for us to to achieve and how can we measure the effectiveness of our system throughout a period of time to ensure that you know it's still going to work for us Georgina you mentioned that you're intending to create more equity is there anything that you're doing in the system space at the moment which is really building into that 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 space yeah such a great question martin i think one of the things that we wanted to really focus on is how could we do this in a very kind of practical way? How could we build more equity for global majority leaders and enterprises? And one of the key things that we looked at was around finances and how we could put more kind of wealth into black and brown led organisations. So we've come up with this challenge, which is called Challenge X2 2030. And what we are hoping to do by working with partners and with people being able to pledge their support to this is to double the revenue of 2030 black leaders by 2030. So a big challenge, but we're really confident that we've got enough partners and people that want to be part of this movement to get involved and to help us to achieve this. So that's Challenge X2 2030. That's an amazing goal. What a, what a wonderful thing to do. My goodness, uh, 2,030 leaders. That's, that's an incredible number. What, 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 a, what a fantastic aim point. How, how did you come up with that? What was the sort of the, the, the thought sort of behind it? What, what led you towards that? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think we can talk about a lot of things. And, you know, many of us are very, very good at, at, at having a good old chat about the change that we want to see. But I wanted to think about something that we could do which was going to be really practical. We've talked about equity and seeing change in society, but actually what does that look like in a very practical sense? And, and how can we measure that? How can we have something really tangible that people can you know, get on board with, that we can really measure that together? And also this mission and this challenge is much wider than just BUD. So how can we work with other people who are you know, really invested in, in seeing this change so that we can build a whole community that, that, that is really interested in this movement? And, and, and hopefully there's even more of a sort of ripple effect you know, for this as well. So it was really looking at the, the change and thinking about the system as a whole. How do we get large organisations and grassroots organisations and SMEs to really come together to pledge in something that they're all invested in to change the system as a whole. Wow. Awesome. What an amazing goal. That's fantastic. Georgina, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is the Evolving Enterprises podcast. We have stories of growth and transformation. Thank you for listening.